Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters, your go-to spiritual development podcast. I'm your host Hannah McIntyre and I am so excited to have you here. Join me and other great guests as we explore what it means to be a medium, the work that we need to do and the questions that we need to ask for our own development and unfoldment. I'm so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Just to let you all know that my book, You Are a Medium, You Just Don't Know It Yet, is available to purchase on Amazon or via my website, www.hannamedium.co.uk. I am incredibly proud to be able to say that it is already an Amazon bestseller and I'm so grateful to all of you for your reviews, comments and feedback. Um, If you haven't already, please do check it out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Mediumship Matters with me, Hannah McIntyre. And today we are carrying on with our lineup of fantastic guests for you to meet and learn about. And today I have got the wonderful Erica Anderson, who has got up at the crack of dawn to talk to us. (laughs) Hi, Erica. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for coming on and bringing your light. We've already been laughing. So I just know (laughs) this is going to be one of those podcasts where I'm trying to remember that I'm interviewing and not just being silly. So Erica, (laughs) start off by just telling the listeners a little bit about you, what you do. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me here. I love your podcast, Hannah. You are so fun. Um, yeah, so I consider myself a spiritual medium and I think that I call myself that because I think of it kind of as an umbrella term. Um, I've been an acupuncturist for 20 years, so I've worked in the healing realm and, uh, Reiki practitioner kind of do my own style now. Um, and then I'm a, I work as a psychic and an evidential medium. So that is Amazing. what I do. I love yeah. it. I love it. And you've had quite a journey that has led you down to this path with all these job titles that you've got, haven't you? 
It's been a long journey. It's, uh, I look back now and it all makes sense. Um, but at the time, everything was always very confusing. I was always felt like, what is happening to me? And then once I was on the path of, of mediumship and mediumship development, it's almost like I could see the, the pieces falling in place. And that, that itself was life changing. So, yeah. So how did it, so start us at the beginning, because that's where I like to start. How did it all begin for you? How did you begin this journey? Um, You know, I, it began as a child. Um, I like to think of my childhood is filled with what I thought were ghosts and angels. Um, I saw spirit at a really young age and I was absolutely terrified. I thought that was ghosts and demons. Um, I was raised in a super religious environment, a very loving, loving, wonderful environment, but it was a Catholic faith. And um, I really was under the belief that I shouldn't have experiences like that. I really thought that, um, that I shouldn't be powerful enough to even see anything or feel anything that it needed to come through someone else for it to be okay. And, um, but yeah, I remember probably my earliest experience, I was maybe hmm, eight or nine, 10 years old. And I was in bed wide awake and someone came into my room and it was a man and he was, you know, a little bit off the ground. He looked like a quintessential ghost. Um, and I just kept closing my eyes and opening my eyes, covering my head, and he just wouldn't leave. And he came back three nights in a row. And finally, I, w- I told myself the story. And I said, oh, he's here. He's helping my mom during the day. And he just checks on us and makes sure we're all safe at night. And so I told myself that story. And I started believing that story. Um, and then I wasn't scared of that particular, quote unquote, ghost anymore. But um, things like that happened a lot as a child, and I didn't tell anybody. I thought something was wrong with me. I was terrified that something was wrong with me and that I would go to hell. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot as a little girl to feel that way. Of course. Now, this is – I'm a bit of an atheist. Um, I've got real faith, but religion for me causes more problems than it, it brings, and that's just my personal opinion. But that perfectly sums up for me is that – that the way you just said you know I'm not powerful enough to have this spirit communication so it must be wrong is such an amazing um it's so amazing that you can see that now the healing work you must have done to understand that thought process of eight-year-old Erica that's pretty profound isn't it the healing process has been one of the greatest journeys of my life absolutely Um, I kind of think of two different experiences in my life that like have blown me open more than anything else. And one was becoming a mother, um, Mm -hmm. becoming a mother taught me how much I could love. I had no idea the capacity that I had inside of me to love. And it was like, it was like everything changed in my life at that moment. And then the other one was, um, the spiritual awakening that came after, um, mediumship came back to me and, that spiritual awakening and development, which I'm still in, of course, mm-hmm. also just rectified so much about the world to me. And um, I'm just forever grateful for that experience, for for the development itself. Like mediumship is wonderful. I'm so glad that I can act as a medium, but the spiritual awakening that came with it has been life-changing. 
for and me was, personally. Was there a trigger for that spiritual awakening or was it just a series yeah. of events? There was. Well, so the childhood experience was um, shut down pretty quickly for me. It was it was too scary and I felt like something was wrong and I didn't want to go to hell. Um, and then in my twenties, <laughs> and then in my twenties, um, I, I didn't know that I was an empath. And so I just had crippling anxiety and, um, was always feeling people's emotions and energies. I had no idea what was going on with me, but yet I was drawn to, um, the healing arts. So I was going to classes and I was learning about Reiki. I became, um, interested in energy healing. Um, but I still didn't really fully know what that was. Um, then fast forward, I became a mother, my heart blew open. Um, and, and life got really busy. And then I was kind of progressing really fast through life, really focusing on work. And, um, one of my children almost died and it was, the worst experience I've ever had in my life. Like I I can't even describe the pain that I felt and the anxiety came back and it was just, it's like my whole life stopped. Yeah. And, um, and one day I was like, I should really start meditating. And I started meditating. I know this is not everyone's journey, but for me, it shifted my consciousness just enough that I had decreased anxiety. And then one day, something happened to me when I was meditating that I didn't know could happen to a person. It was like fireworks were going off in my body and I could feel like light coursing all the way from my toes up to my head. And it was like the most exhilarating feeling I ever had. And I came to later realize that's what's called your Kundalini awakening. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like your life force, like opening and moving. And um, after that happened, all of these weird things started happening to me. I would be lying in bed and orbs would be all around. I could see like lights and I'd put my little boy to bed. He was a baby. And, um, and, and it was like, people would be in the room with us and it was just little golden balls, but I knew that they were like our ancestors and like the flickering lights would happen. It just became like, this experience. And I was like, not afraid anymore. It was like, I could see the difference of me as a little girl to what was happening now. And I thought back, like, if this happened to me when I was a little girl, I would have asked my parents to commit me to a hospital. Right now I was just like, this is the most beautiful opening and I don't know what's happening or where it's going. And then one night, um, I had a dream visitation and I didn't know what a dream visitation was. I didn't know anything about mediumship and Um, my friend's dad, um, from when I was in high school, she was my best friend. He, um, he came in my dream. It's a very long story. I can spare you the story, but don't share it, share it. (laughs) So it had, it wasn't too, it was just a few months after my son had almost died. This all happened very quickly. And, um, I was like, there was a, a tornado going on in my dream. And so my whole family, we had to go underground into this tornado shelter and we walked down into this tornado shelter and it was, it was like a bus station or a train station, kind of like in Hogwarts when they're all in the train station, it was like that. And there were just people moving everywhere. And I was immediately lost from my family. And, um, I was just walking and I was trying to find my children and my husband too, probably, but (laughs) (laughs) 
And I saw across the train tracks, um, my friend's dad who had died, you know, decades ago. And I walked over to him and he was then holding my little boy. And um, I said, hi. And he said, oh, you can see me. And I said, yeah, I can see you. And he, and he handed me back my son and he goes, your son is going to be okay. And I said, oh, thank you. And, and I was like, how are you? And he said, I'm doing so good. Please tell my friend and my friend's mother, I'm okay. And I'm happy. And I said, I'll call her today. I haven't talked to her in, you know, 10 years. And, um, so that happened and it was like this profound experience. And then we all found each other in the train station and we went back up and I woke up, I woke up my husband, um, after that. And I told him about what happened and he was crying and I was crying, you know, we were still in so much trauma from almost losing our son. And then the next night, um, that man in my dream visitation came back in body and sat at the end of my bed and he was holding up a picture of my friend and, and he was just, he, he, I don't know if I couldn't hear him or if he didn't know how to talk in spirit. I don't know. I didn't know anything. And, and it was a picture of my friend, like remember to call her. And I was terrified at that moment because I've never had anyone sit at the end of my bed since I was a little girl. And, um, but I did, and it was a beautiful experience. And so that was kind of the beginning of quote unquote mediumship. Um, and then when that happened, I was like, wow, all of these weird phenomena have been happening. I need to figure out what's going on. And, um, I actually called my friend Pearl, who is an evidential medium and who I do the podcast with now. And, um, she kind of helped me guide through some of the processes and, um, and that's kind of how it all began. Incredible absolutely amazing and obviously your son was okay and yeah yeah that's just set you on that incredible journey so these the spirit that visited you when you were a child the man have you ever seen him since have you ever found out from spirit because this is always my question with things like this is we know that spirit are way more intelligent than we are they understand way more than us in our human so they wouldn't have wanted to scare you Right. So what the heck was he doing? <laughs> right. Why was he there? Like, yeah. in my room. Um, I can still see him clear as day, like in my, in my memory. Yeah. Of what he, and, you know, I have asked spirit that. And the message that I get back is that the story I told myself as a little girl was more accurate than anything, that he wasn't really there for me, but I was able to see him. And so being seen was something that felt like a connection. I really actually think he was probably there for my mom. Amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, because when I like connect in with his, you know, when I open myself to even feel the memory, I still don't feel like he was there for me. He seemed like an observer of our life. Yeah. So yeah, I love it's so it it's yeah. uh, it's just so fascinating to me and that's a really interesting point you've just made actually that that of course they're around all of us all the time it's just that not all of yeah. us can see them I mean I don't see spirit I wish I did but I don't um not often anyway but it is yeah. that that same um that same thing isn't it yeah maybe he just he's been checking on everybody and you just happen to be able to see him which is so funny I love it I really I love really it love too it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So you now work with people, reuniting them with their loved ones, doing evidential mediumship, uh, as well as still working with your healing as well. That, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think they all play into each other and everything like that. So how has your mediumship changed? How's it developed? Mm. What What can you see that's different there? You know, I feel like at the beginning, my mediumship um, was on everything. I could hear, see, feel, know, understand everything right away when it like turned on again as an adult. Um, and it was, I think I needed that to feel wowed and um, blown away by it enough to want to follow the path again. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, it's like the light dimmed, right? It's like all my abilities dimmed. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, how can I go from hearing an Irish accent to barely even knowing what this person is trying to convey? And um, and that's when I felt like I needed to study under a mentor. It was like, okay, you know, you know, this is a part of who you are and what you're supposed to do. But now you need to understand the ethics and the development and the purpose and who we are and what we're trying to do. And um, and so I'd say from that very beginning point to, you know, the development process is forever. But mm-hmm. for me, that beginning of it was very significant. Um, uh, I understood more about mediumship. And um, I understand the purpose of it and the surrender of it. Um, So I feel like my mediumship, again, has blossomed into a place of working with all of my clairs, um, some stronger than others, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think my mediumship is something that I can count on. What's changed for me is the energy work. And um, now I can do energy work in a different way. I feel like when I was um, doing energy work before, I was really focused on how I could shift the energy, how I could feel the weakness in the body or the excess in the body. And I could put my hands on and really target things. Mm -hmm. And now I recognize that I really shouldn't do that. I feel like for me personally, um, Now I open my awareness and I become a channel just like I am with a mediumship. And it's so much stronger and so much more powerful than anything I ever thought I could do. It's like they were waiting for me to get out of the way. Like, thank God she's done trying here. And so I think that's what shifted the most. Like now I can see that. It's like when I let go of mediumship and surrender to being the vessel instead of the activator, um, or trying to control the dialogue or the narrative. It's the same with energy work. So I really just try to get out of my own way all the time now. And I love that, that you're saying that. I love it. I wrote down um, own style of Reiki because I wanted to ask you about it. But it, it, you're exactly that's exactly how it is for me as well. When I learned Azumi Reiki, you know, you're the hand positions. And when should I, when should I do say Heiki? Should I do say Heiki now? Should I wait yes. to say Heiki? Do I feel like they need this? I feel like they do. And actually that was all just me in my ego state trying to validate my own healing. And as soon as I just allowed everything changed and I completely get what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's so funny. That's why I always think it's good to do um, healing as long you know at the same time as you and your spiritual development because I think they feed into each other because a surrender in one is a surrender in the other experience interpreting energy is the same thing so 
I love that. I, I love, love that. Too. Yeah. And I totally relate to what you're saying about, should I do Seheki now or Chokure? And yeah. do I need to like activate this? And it's like, no, we don't need to do that. They, we're just being here as, as a vessel for the most beautiful work ever possible to come through us. And what a privilege alone that is. We don't need to own anything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and surrender is the key easier said Mm -hmm. than done at times, but definitely the key for all of it. So I know you've told us some amazing stories already about how spirit cracked you open and experiences that you've had, but can you give us an example, perhaps of a, a reading that you've done where they've blown your mind or something that's come in where you've been like, holy moly, this is good. Mm. I mean, gosh, readings, it's almost like amazing when it, every reading kind of has its own mind blowing moments. Yes. Um, one story, this isn't, this is actually about me, something that happened to me that was amazing. Like I've never experienced anything quite like this before. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, so I, I'm going to share this story, but... Uh, my uncle was, um, had Parkinson's and dementia and lived in a home in a different state far away from me. And, um, he was very loved and cared for by my family, but I didn't get to see him very often. And he was someone very close to me that I just loved and adored. And, um, when COVID hit, he, um, was in a nursing home, which we all know that those nursing homes were really hard hit. And, um, he was basically, alone. And like, we weren't allowed to visit. At one point I flew home and, um, and we, they brought him outside and we could sit across like the lawn from him. And my mom and I were there and we sang to him and he had a moment of like awareness. And then he went back in, but that moment of awareness, like I held on to in my heart really strongly. Um, but he ended up getting COVID during COVID and he was, alone when he died. And it was, oh, even just thinking about it was one of the most tragic things for me to experience feeling so powerless. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and like I said, my family was there as much as they could be allowed to be there. So it was hard for everybody, but, um, so he, he passed, we couldn't have a funeral. All of the things happened during COVID that were just heart-wrenching fast forward, um, like a year, And, um, we were going to finally have a memorial for him. It was still COVID, but it was the summer we could be outside. And, um, so I was asked to speak at his memorial and 
I took it very seriously. And every day I would like write about him and my feelings. And I just kind of would get memories flowing. And I, it was just like, I felt him close to me when I was doing that. And it was the night before his memorial. And, um, I woke up at 3 AM cause my flight was at 5 AM and I grabbed my journal and I, um, woke up and I could feel him and my grandmother both right there. And they hugged me. I could, I couldn't see them, but I felt them hug me. And I immediately started crying. It was three in the morning and it was, um, such a crazy experience to feel that presence. Like I've never felt anything like that before. Mm -hmm. I got out of my bed. I walked into the bathroom. I could feel them walking behind me. I went into the bathroom. I had to sit down on the bathtub because I was so overblown by what was happening. And then my lights in the bathroom went on and off for like two minutes all by myself. I'm in there. And, and it was this experience of there's something different when that happens where it was my experience and I was so excited that I could feel it and know that it was happening and not be afraid. I could hear them talking about me when I was putting my makeup on, like my grandma was talking about my complexion and it was just like this sense of love. And so then we flew, I flew by myself, but my family didn't come with to the memorial. And when we were at the circle around um, his ashes, um, I could feel all of my family there that had passed, like my grandmother and grandfather and his brother. And, and to me, that was one of the most beautiful experiences because it, to me, it solidified everything that I've been able to do in a reading for someone else. Like I got to have that experience, um, that happens for other people in readings. And I know it sounds like I see spirit a lot. I don't see them in physical form that often at the beginning. It happened as a child, it happened. And then on this super momentous occasion and a couple other big, big occasions I have, but um, usually I don't see them except mm-hmm. in my mind's eye. So for that to happen, it was really powerful. And Incredible. I just, yeah, I just keep getting blown open by the spirit world. It's one of the most beautiful experiences and I'm so grateful to be able to have it. It, so. it I think it really changes your life because you're not afraid of death. And I, that sounds like a weird thing, but I think on some level we're all scared and stuck and restricted. And certainly for me, the more that I work with spirit, the more that I've realized it can be gone so quickly. So choose happiness, choose the things that light you up, follow the yeah. joy and it completely transforms you. Now, I love something that you, you've you mentioned a couple of times here, which is so funny because it's so topical uh, with things that have been coming up in my podcast. So I've just recorded the first part of my spirit stories of things because I keep asking my interviewees about experiences they've had. And so I've just recorded mine. And then somebody asked a question that was released today about why I can't feel my guides as closely anymore. And I have been discussing that sometimes to get you to start the journey you'll get really strong physical apparitions feelings experiences but it's not like that all the time so why is it that do you think that it ebbs um i think it ebbs because you're it's it's like um there's a point where you need to trust and if they keep showing you the world like that you're going to get um, more egoic, I believe. I feel like you're going to expect that all the time. 
you're going to, you're really going to fail in mediumship eventually because mediumship is so soft, so quiet, so tender. And so I think exactly what you just said. I think everything comes in like a beautiful dangling carrot (laughs) so that (laughs) you, you want to follow that, that carrot and, um, and be blown open again. I keep saying that, but it's really what happens by what can happen when you embrace the spiritual aspect of yourself. You can connect to the spiritual aspect of everything that's around you. Right. But ultimately the whole point of mediumship is the great surrender, the surrender to your life, the surrender to spirit, the surrender to source, the surrender to the experience so that they can work through you. Um, because like we talked about with energy healing, you know, we think we're all this amazing energy healer and I can do this here for this person and this here for that person. But spirit is kind of like, just get out of the way (laughs) and let us do the real work. Okay. And I think that, um, the development process of mediumship is one of the most glorious processes I've ever experienced in my life because it's like this constant, Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Or, and then after something like that happens, like your trust builds in the world and the way that you perceive everything around you changes. I used to suffer from severe anxiety and starting as a medium changed that for me. It's like, I finally feel at home in the world because I know I'm just going to college here. I'm here to learn. I'm going to go back home and And so now I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can do this job and live this life and really enjoy it because eventually I'm going to go back and I'm going to be hugged by my mom and my dad again and, you know, the great spirit. And, and so I'm just going to like live my best life now. And for years, I just didn't know how to do that because I was so overwhelmed by everything. And now it's like, I'm constantly in this state of amazement of everything instead, but yeah, I like to answer your question. I think it's to teach us how to surrender and trust. I love it. I love yeah. everything you've just said because you're exactly right. I think we take life almost too seriously. We yeah. feel like we've got to get it right. It's got to be this and we've got to tick off boxes. And as soon as I love what you've just said, it's college. As soon you, Everyone goes to college and expects to make mistakes, to party too hard, to get it wrong. I love that analogy. That's amazing. So good. <laughs> so how does... How does your experience of spirit now fit in with your upbringing, with your faith? What's your belief in the afterworld? Do you believe in God? Like, talk to us. That's a big one. Sorry. So I know I love I love talking about faith and God and spirit. Um, So when I was a little girl, I felt like God was really, really big and I was really, really small. And um, I was I talked to my angels all the time, like they were active in my life. Um, That's one really beautiful thing about Catholicism. It Mm -hmm. taught me about all the other deities, even though you can't really call it. it, It's it's complicated, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I felt like I was just someone I, I felt like I was someone small. I needed to be small and that I was in something was inherently wrong with me. Um as I grew up that, that kind of stayed with me in so many ways until the spiritual awakening happened. And so I've always had a life of faith, but now I I was talking to God one day and I was walking on the beach 
And it was one of those times where I could hear God's voice in my head. And so it was like one of those profound moments. It wasn't my voice. And um, I call it God, but a great mother, a great father too. <clears throat> but God said, um, fear is not the same as respect. And <clears throat> for me, that was life-changing. And that came from the voice of God. And the peace that I felt in my heart was so great and so opening and expansive. And, and what I've learned through this process of accepting mediumship in my life and accepting the spiritual development path um, is that I'm not small and I don't need to be small and that I am a direct reflection of God as are you, as is everyone. And, and, and because of that, like all and this part of me believes that all of us are on this spiritual path, whether we know it or not, Agreed. so that we can come together in the great consciousness and be God. And um, I don't know, it's a work in progress of understanding, but my trust and my faith and like openness has like gone from really little small, like a marble to like just expansive. And that in itself is like one of the biggest blessings I've ever had. I love that. I love that because somebody messaged, I've been asking you all the questions I get on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so but somebody messaged you the other day and said, you know, do you believe in an omnipresent God? And I was like, well, yeah, I do. But I also believe that I am them. And then it just rattled around and you've put it far more beautifully than I did. But I love oh. it. So, so tell us what is something you wish that everybody understood about mediumship? If you could change the whole world immediately to understand this, what would it be? Mm. I think, oh God, there's so many things, but <laughs> and I mean, there's so many things there are the, okay. I'll, I'll say the most important to me is that I wish that everybody could understand. And I guess maybe I'm speaking to the mediums here too. Um, but also to the people receiving mediumship is that the whole point is love. And, and if we can accept that as mediums, we're just meant to share love. I feel like the pressure of mediumship would be less. The ego would be less the need to be on television or uh, to treat everybody who's sitting in the chair, receiving a mediumship reading as like your mother or your grandmother and understand that in communicating, like everything needs to be communicated with love. And um, so that's one Two, I think the subtlety of mediumship. I grew up thinking that, you know, Joe over here was going to be coming in and talking and that, and everybody could see Joe and hear Joe and he's, you know, still smells like gasoline from working at the gas station. And, um, and mediumship is so different than that. Mm -hmm. And um, at the beginning of the spiritual development, when everything's big and bright and um, sparkly, mediumship was like that for me at first. And then when the trust came in, spirit world didn't have to work so hard to show up for me anymore. Yeah. So that subtlety of mediumship, it means you're actually advancing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think um, that's another thing that is important to realize. Um, and then television mediumship is just edited it's it's so different than the reality and yeah. 
Um, not that there's anything wrong with people wanting to be on television or be famous or something like that. It's not my path. I really don't care about that. But um, I just think mediums need to be careful and remember what their what their purpose is, why why they want to do this, and understand that it's like one of the most profound things to be someone in grief and to re- receive a reading. Like the power that comes with that needs to be very, very um, delicately handled. Incredible. Thank you. You are such yeah. a font of knowledge. I could talk to you all day. Oh. So um, a couple of things I need to remember to say. Tell everybody what your podcast is called. Oh, thanks. Um, so my podcast is called Spirit Guided. And it's with my friend Pearl, who I mentioned earlier. And yeah, we... Uh, just love talking about mediumship and spiritual development. And um, it's a relatively new podcast. It's been about a year and we are having so much fun. And Hannah is going to be on it. And I, I am. cannot Sweet. wait. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah. But yes, Spirit Guided. Fantastic. And you've also yeah. got a really exciting event coming up. You've got Dominic Bogue coming. Yes. So Pearl and I are um, kind of doing like our first event together and we're bringing Dominic Bogue into Colorado and he is going to be doing a week of readings for people privately. Um, Then he's going to be doing a public demonstration and then um, he's going to be doing a workshop for advanced mediums and we're so excited. So um, I'll put that on my website so that people can find information about that if they live in Colorado or the nearby area. Amazing. So, Good. Yeah, and I will put a link to your website in the show notes. So that makes Thank it easy you. for everybody to find. So um, one last little question. If you are somebody who really desperately wants a reading and is going to a medium, what advice would you give them for their first reading? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I The first thing I would say is make sure that they feel safe. Um, and I don't mean safe in a way of like bad things are going to happen, but safe with the person that they're sitting with. Um, I think it matters that you feel good with someone and that you, um, like their communication style because some mediums are going to be really flowery and, and really, um, explain things. Some mediums are going to be direct and straight to the point. Um, And we all have different needs. And so I think just feeling good with the person that you're sitting with is really important. So um, that can come from, you know, word of mouth or or like someone referring you because they know you really well and they've had an experience. But I think if you sit down with someone and it doesn't feel good, um, I think it's okay to say, you know, this doesn't feel right for me. Have you, do you know what I mean? Like there are some yeah. I mean, us Brits, we really struggle with that. We will, we will keep ourselves in really uncomfortable situations for days yeah. just because we're too polite to say, get me out of here. So uh, absolutely. That's great <laughs> advice. And one last thing, I said it was the last, but I've got one more for you. <laughs> if you, if you are somebody that is starting your healing journey for yourself, what advice would you give them? Oh, allow yourself the time because there's no rush. I feel like every opportunity that comes up to heal um, or every challenge that comes up that feels difficult, allow yourself to just open your heart into that moment so that there's a space for you to heal. Try not to run away. Um, It's really easy to want to close down because the healing journey um, can be really painful, but 
the pain is more of a memory and the profound aspects that come from looking at that pain and recognizing that that's a memory and not where you are anymore and that you have an opportunity to grow is just one of the most wonderful things. And then you look back at the memory of healing the memory. It's just, so allow yourself the development and keep coming back to your heart. That's my biggest advice in everything. (laughs) Erica, you have been amazing. It has been such a wonderful blessing for us to be able to hear your advice. You share things so beautifully. It's been really, really lovely. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us. Well, you make it easy. I love talking with you. You're so fun and you have such a good heart yourself. So thank you for having me here. Thank you. Truly. Yes. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, I'm here just to ask you to click that follow button, to share the podcast on your social media and leave a review. These things help me so much with reaching more people, getting better guests, getting more information out there. So anything you can do to help would be gratefully received. And I will catch up with you again soon. Thanks for listening.